Calgary Flames kicked off their second half of the season with a bang against the New York Rangers. And does Dylan Dubé have any business fighting? And is there a purpose of fighting even? And then we are going to touch upon Marty Walsh being the next executive director for the NHLPA. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to or welcome back to Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today I'm joined by my Tuesday partner in crime, Nick Zeraris. How are you? I'm very good. It slept well for the first time in quite a while. I feel like a person today. The coffee <laughs> tasted a little bit better when I woke up. I'm in a good mood. That's great. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And they are the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. You know, we were kind of talking about last night's game on yesterday's episode. And we said, you know, it's going to look like, you know, a re- very sloppy first period. They're just going to kind of drag on. And then on... uh Liberty Blue Pod, you were talking about how, you know, how many um, icing penalties there would be in like the first eight minutes. And your co-host, was Andrew, was like, just hammer that over like you've never done it before. I don't think we had any icing calls. Not in the first 10 minutes, no. Yeah, it was, what a, what a game. What a first period, honestly. I think that was honestly felt like a playoff game and I was so excited it was a very sloppy game back and forth there was a lot of open space in both ends of the ice Mm -hmm. both teams had ample chances to create offense a lot of offense coming from transition where getting speed through the neutral zone people slow coming back on their back checks odd man rushes going the other way I mean the two heatle goals are both off of rush opportunities where he got through the neutral zone too fast the Calgary goals on the other hand came from more ugly kind of working for it. The Manjapani goal, the first one he facilitated setting up that Blake Coleman tapped in mm-hmm. was just him putting his head down and going to the net. The second Manjapani goal going to the net, being in the right place at the right time. The Michael Stone goal, that's just the reward for having extended zone time. They held the, for a good stretch of that third period, the flames had the puck in the Ranger zone. Weren't able to do anything with it until that Michael Stone goal, which it was a good shot. You, you give credit where it's due. He takes a lot of those chances that end up hitting the glass or missing the net outright but every now and then when they do go in you take that when you get a contribution from somebody at that part of your lineup yeah you know with mark stone being out for vegas i think that michael stone has absorbed some of his brother's uh, hockey abilities but of course you know the whole debacle at center ice early that wasn't early in the first period that was kind of what like halfway through about halfway yeah yeah so you have Truba's hit on Luch, which was, I mean, what it was technically a clean hit, a clean hit. But uh, and then Truba threw his gloves off against Tanev because Chris Tanev just decided to go into full protective mode. And then Luch ends up getting the penalty. And that's yeah, really simple. <laughs> It, it, 
complicated. The NHL's part of the problem most people have with the NHL rulebook, and regardless of what we're talking about, is how it's enforced. Yeah, mm-hmm. very. It seldom is third man in actually called. It was last night, which a lot of people aren't used to that, which is part of why it was so weird. Mm-hmm. You had the Sammy Blay hit on Lucic, which originally was called a That's major, right. and it had a, a review. And then it was rescinded because it was it was a hit to the chest, not the head. I initially at full speed, I thought he was getting called for interference, not a high hit because the puck had been gone for, I would say, a good two seconds. And I thought, oh, he got interference. That's why I tweeted is Blay serious because that's an unnecessary hit. The puck is already gone. There's nothing to do there. I thought he was getting called for interference, not a high hit. Then because they rescind the penalty for the major, Lucic gets the penalty, and I forgot who the third person in for the Flames was that got the other penalty, but the Rangers ended up with, I I think it was, yeah, it was Uyghur, it was Uyghur, because he dropped the gloves with uh, William Cooley. Yeah. Very weird, very weird to see that, because technically speaking, you shouldn't have stopped the play because it wasn't a high hit, so those two penalties shouldn't have happened. So that's one of those things where, because you enforce the rule book in a weird way, Everybody kind of gets put at a disadvantage. And it was just a very weird game to start. Uh, I saw somebody jokingly say Sammy Blake can't get back, sent back to the AHL if the game never ends as the reason for throwing that hit. I mean, it raises a fair point. Uh, two weeks really? in scenic Hartford, Connecticut will change your opinions on the world. Yeah, you know, I think if there's anywhere anyone is dying to spend some time, it's absolutely Hartford, Connecticut. But it was just such an interesting first 20 minutes of the game because obviously you know uh Heedle looked great I am going to be entirely honest and I know that he's kind of been in talks of being traded and because the Rangers really don't know how to use him or there's not room to use him I'm not entirely sure but the Flames did have a very hard time keeping up with the Rangers and you know, if there's one thing that the Flames have to their disadvantage, it is, of course, their lack of speed. Yeah, no, that was really something that was noticeable in the game last night was just the lack of speed Calgary had. And they had to work a lot harder for their offense. They had to yeah. get the puck down low, engage on the forecheck, which is tiring, which is harder work than creating offense in transition. It's a lot more, it's just harder work. It granted it's more replicable because it's simpler. You don't have to do as complicated of things, but you still do have to go and get the puck once you dump it in and you got to win those puck battles down low to engage. And they did an okay job. The flames, I would say on the four check. I know during that third period, they had an extended zone time against the Rangers third defensive pair. And I think it was the second line of Kreider, Goudreau and Trocheck where they had, them in the zone for a good 45 seconds and they ultimately scored the Michael Stone goal a few minutes later than that but the Flames know what how they need to play they need to rely on that four checking grind it out make the other team tired style because they don't really have the marquee guys who can make the crazy plays on their own they need that structure to fall back on because they don't really have a game-breaking talent. They have a bunch of really good players, but they don't have anybody who you could argue is a top 10, 15 player in the league. And that's fine. Not a lot of teams do. But the Flames are a team relying on structure. And all of their goals come from that. All of their goals in that game last night come from extended zone time or going to work below the goal line and creating something the ugly way because their marquee players just aren't that type of mark. They're not the type that can bend the game to what they want to do. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it is frustrating watching them go from this style of play under Jeff Ward when they had those elite players and then to go to what they had last year and kind of it almost feels like a regression of style of play. But I mean, they're still they're still scoring. They're still it takes time. It takes a lot of effort and energy, but you have to figure out a way to score regardless. And I will say, I thought that uh, Heedle's second goal was definitely um, one that Markstrom maybe yeah. could have stopped. It was a little bit of a softy. And, um, you know, I just, but I do think that he had a very solid game in terms of when there was high traffic in front of his crease or in the crease or anything like that. Any, he didn't have problem tracking the puck and kind of giving up. He was, he was squeezing those pads together and not, he, he looked a little bit like older Markstrom that we've seen in the past. And I appreciated seeing that against a, higher end talented team a team that went to the conference finals last year so you know if you can hang with the big dogs in this game on you know your first day back after like nine or 11 days like let's just keep the ball rolling there I think it's time for him to to get in the lab and start cooking too yeah I mean you you had things to be encouraged about you put you had Manjapani get on the stat sheet yeah. you got a decent game from Markstrom you got a power play goal which you know those are hard to come by to Foley really good one. shot that's a really yeah. good shot there's nothing you can do about that as a goalie you got to tip your hat when you get beat by a good shooter and that's what happened to Halak there to Foley just let it rip there was nothing he could do yeah decent game and first game back out of the break that's really a solid first game and you got the loser point so it doesn't feel as bad as yeah. if you had lost in regulation yeah, exactly. And I think that they can at least kind of hang their hat on that, that, you know, you took them to overtime, you were able to do that. And sure, you know, at least you're walking away with something. Because again, we talk about how every point matters, but I feel like now we're kind of getting closer and closer to the playoffs in those final you know, countdown days and when points truly do matter, when you're fighting for those extra points that you've lost along the road. And it's going to be an interesting uh, next couple weeks, I think, for the Flames heading into the trade deadline. I'm still not entirely sure what I want, what Brad Tree Living is doing. But, you know, that's why we have the experts and the insiders, because we, we need something. They'll feed us anything. But before we continue to talk about some of the chaos and when is fighting good and hits are bad and all that fun technical stuff, I do want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel. We are so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one they are the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better because they have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. It is very fun to just log on to FanDuel, open the app, scroll through, and see what's there for you. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on the Super Bowl that is coming this Sunday with your no-sweat first bet, and you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets that's like a tax refund for sports bettors you know it's tax season guys so head on over to FanDuel the app is safe and secure 
what more do you need? And you can get all of your paid winnings instantly. So join the FanDuel family today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NHL. NFL. NFL. My God. Okay. So (laughs) I guess my brain is in Monday mode still, but... Do you wish you went to the game last night? Yes and no. Yes, because it was a really good game to go to. No, because I probably wouldn't have gotten home to like 12, 30, 1 o'clock, and I am a sleepy individual. Yeah. That, okay. that is part of the calculation for going out on a weeknight is what time will I be home and how early can I be in bed? I, that I is old, a very fair assessment. I am at that point in my life now where that is a real part of my calculation of going out on a weeknight. Even on the weekend, it's like, oh, yeah. really? 2 a.m.? Mm. I think I'd like to be in bed at 2 a.m. That's just me, but. No, that that is very fair. And I think we all have to make smart judgments when it comes (laughs) to calls like that. And I think that, you know, the impulsivity, it sounds so much fun to go out and have like a few beers with the friends and everything. Kind of like how throwing a hit kind of sounds, it seems like a good decision in the moment. It's complicated. It is very, very complicated, and this is one of those identity and history things that is really rooted in the game, and you're not ever going to really be able to get rid of this because the cultural the, – the reason we always make fun of you know the same 40 white guys who rotate all 32 NHL GM jobs and all 32 NHL coaching jobs is because this is part of what keeps hockey the way it is, is that you don't have people that go outside of the tribe, the brotherhood, to invite people into this – the fraternity of coaches, general managers, and executives. And that's an active and conscious decision to keep it like, this is us. This guy paid his dues. He's part of this tradition. And it's why, even though we know what we know about brain injuries now, Gary Bettman went before Canadian Parliament last year and said there is no link between CTE and concussions and CTE, even though we know that is not true anymore. We know for a fact that is not true. But Gary Bettman went up there, lied, and part of his calculus is we can't take hating out of hockey. People won't watch if there's no hitting and fighting in hockey. He feels, and a lot of people in the the hockey community at large feel, that that is an essential part of the game, that if you took hitting and fighting out of the game, It wouldn't be hockey anymore. I, on the other hand, I disagree. I am... I am infinitely more impressed with the Heedle goals in last night's game than Truba lining up somebody, not even looking. And that, that's the, the retort you always get from people. Well, keep your head up. He shouldn't have to keep his head up to not get his head taken off. There is a difference here. When you just, when you say things like keep your head up, that's putting, that is putting unfair blame on him. And that's not to say Truba shouldn't hit him. He should knock him off the puck. He doesn't need to try and put him through the ice. There is a difference between the two. There's a difference between trying to get the puck and trying to hurt somebody. And you can say, well, it's not a dirty hit. He's not trying to hurt him. Anytime you as a grown man that is a professional athlete line up your elbow, your shoulder with force and take a step into a hit, you will know the risk that you could be seriously injuring somebody. That is part of the calculus of throwing that hit. You hear it all the time for why you need physical play in the playoffs because everybody's sore and everybody's injured. You hit somebody right. You hit somebody a certain way, knock them out of the game. That helps your team. That is part of the calculus. And it feels kind of just dirty to to have that be an active part of the game because we don't 
it doesn't hockey doesn't need to have that. I, I'm not saying I'm against all forms of hitting. I'm not saying there shouldn't be any hitting, but I, I do think we need to reassess what we want from how we call hockey and what we want. I, I, Ken Dryden has for years now advocated any hit, whether it's incidental or on purpose to the head is a penalty. That's it. There's no head contact at all. If you do it accidentally, you're getting two minutes. That's it. And, and it's a conscious way to legislate out and try and protect the players best, the best we can. We know that there are ways to enforce new rules. When the NHL wanted guys to stop taking their helmets off during fights, you get a penalty for that now if you take yeah. your own helmet off during a fight. We know if the NHL wants more offense, they will insist on calling more interference, more holding. You can change the game however you want to. It is a game. The rules can be changed at any time. They, yeah. are, not, they are not endowed from a higher power. The rules are made up. They can get rid of offsides tomorrow if they wanted to. There is no need to just insist, well, this is the way it's always been. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. This is entertainment. This is a sport. This is not, you know, this is not government here. This is not like you need a legislative process where you need to get a, a wide range of opinions. If the 32 owners felt like it was worth, it was, it's worth more to have their players healthier overall and they would get more games out of their guys because guys would be healthier overall. They would legislate hitting out tomorrow because these guys are all about protecting their money. They feel that hitting and fighting is an essential part of the game and part of how the game is marketed to casual fans because it's a lot easier for a fan to see a commercial on SportsCenter or a commercial for NH the NHL on ESPN of Truba blowing up Kadri, his helmet flying off, Kadri hitting the ice, than it is a really good forecheck. There are not highlight compilations of somebody dumping the puck in past the defenseman, going to get it below the goal line and engaging the forecheck. Hitting and fighting, that translates across any spectrum of fan. You see a fight highlights on Twitter, you see people in the replies like, oh, they can fight as part of the game. Like this isn't, you know, a joke, a running joke for the last hundred years of hockey. But that is part of how the game is marketed, especially to casual fans, is that the hitting and the violence is appealing. Yeah. And, you know, I think immediately, you know, when Batman denied, you know, the connection between CTE and whatever, it's like, how can you look at a picture of Aaron Hernandez's postmortem brain scans and tell me that there is not a link between concussions and CTE and just hits to the head like that like it just it blows my mind and I understand that he has you know billions of dollars to protect but at the end of the day you also have hundreds of hockey players you need to protect as well because we we have unfortunately seen what consistent brain damage does and what the unfortunate outcome can be whether it be family annihilation or un or junior Seau unaliving himself or Aaron Hernandez himself and other people and I'm not saying that you know anyone who suffers a concussion is you know turning into that no that's not how you get from A to B but you know there is something terrifying about how Mark Savard had to go down the tunnel after that Matt Cook hit with a 
Gatorade rag over his eyes because of how bad the lights were and how severe the concussion symptoms were. And to me, I just, I don't think that's worth it to have any, you know, quality of life after hockey, you know, with your kids, your family, for yourself, for whoever, like you shouldn't have to wake up and immediately take painkillers or turn into, you know, um, just a pile of mush because your head is so, your brain is scrambled eggs at 34 years old. You have so much life to live. And, you know, of course, there's something barbaric naturally inside of us when we see those big hits, when we see those fights. Like, heck yeah, like that's, you know, entertaining. But then at the same time, I was watching all of this, especially the the Dubé fight, because I was like, you are small compared to any of this. And Chris Tanev has one career fight prior to yesterday. And he's been in the league for a very long time. So, you know, at what point do we just sit there and say, what, it, like, is this necessary? The product of women's hockey is fantastic. And they're, they still throw their body around, just not in the Jacob Truba kind of way. They don't, drop the gloves to fight each other but it's still hockey and it's so frustrating when people say oh you just don't like violence yeah I don't like violence but especially when it comes to turning these players into scrambled eggs I don't they are people they are people I understand that most people consume it as an entity for entertainment but these are people who have (laughs) lives beyond hockey and we talk about it all the time about the players taking more of an onus over their lives and their careers as part of this next generation of athletes Uh, it's very varied player to player if they take realization in that some guys have taken a more proactive like I want to go where I want to go I want to play for where I want to play for but circling back on this because this is the last point before we move on we talk about Marty Walsh a little bit in terms of just I saw a lot of comments about why should Truba have to fight even though those hits aren't penalties they aren't dirty the entire point of fighting is a means of deterrence and policing the game outside of the rule book we have a collective understanding that if something goes down that the players on the ice feel is unsafe, dangerous, unnecessary, they will take it upon themselves to say, hey, man, that's not cool. We are going to fight about this. And that's it. That's why you saw Dylan Dubé. And that's why you saw Chris Tanev get into those fights last night, because they felt it was outside of the agreed acceptable amount of contact. And again, I had more than one person say, well, hey, it's not a penalty. It's not a hit to the head. Well, at full speed, those guys saw Kadri's helmet fly off and head bounce off the ice. What do you think they thought happened? They did not have the benefit of slow motion instant replay on the broadcast. They did not get to see it 17 times to determine, oh, he didn't hit him in the head. He hit him in the chest and his head flew backwards because the way gravity works. That's not how the people in the game themselves interpret it. And I thought that collective of people who were always the, you didn't play the game, you don't understand. Those guys are playing in the NHL. They felt that hit was unsafe and dangerous. They took it upon themselves to say, this is not right. We're fighting about this. So you don't get to have it both ways, which is a lot of the problem I have with a lot of the discourse around fighting and hitting in general is it's okay to do this stuff. But if the guys in the game think, hey, that clean hit was unnecessary, 
that's a me that's a good reason to fight if somebody hits somebody yeah. uh, and you feel it was unnecessary hey man that's not cool we're fighting about it and that's it i, I do not understand the collective be bewilderment that somebody that a teammate got possibly injured and what they're supposed to just stand around and then they yeah. will get criticized for standing around yeah, for a teammate they, getting laid out yeah because then they talk about well why isn't anyone on the team stepping up yeah why, where's the retaliation like can you not see like the the parallels here it is absolutely mind-blowing that people are just like both sides in this. And I don't think that they realize that they're both sides in the argument here. But also, are you wearing a Jimmy VC Harvard sweater? Oh, the other Harvard guy. No. The other Harvard guy. Oh, the better Harvard guy. Correct. Harvard won last night. Yeah. BU, yeah. I think, played the I know the women's team plays tonight. Yes. So That'll be interesting. Of course. Why did I instantly think Jimmy VC? I don't know. That's the that's the more obvious one. Yeah, but Adam Fox is light years ahead. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Jimmy VC should be working at Morgan Stanley by now. It is wild he is still in the NHL. I do not understand his insistence on staying in the NHL when he could be making six figures sitting at a desk and a lot less brain damage. Like literally you are the you are what everybody would like their favorite athletes to be you have a business degree from harvard go yeah. start selling water rights in other countries and worry about that as opposed to getting in on this four check yeah just oh wow jimmy what are we gonna do with you have your plain you bagel with butter truck. have your plain bagel with butter and leave us alone jimmy yeah. he's an odd one but we are going to talk about Boston in a different way. Well, I guess a connection to Boston with uh, former Mayor Marty Walsh and the Secretary of Labor um, heading over to the wonderful executive director position, allegedly, to the NHLPA, which is a very exciting stepping stone for the yes. PA as a whole. But before we do that, and I won't spoil it for you, we are going to talk about our next partner, AG1. And they are a fantastic way to get all of your vitamins, minerals, whole foods, probiotics, adaptogens, all in one scoop. It's very simple. Throw a scoop in your cup of water, mix it up real good, and you have everything you need to, or almost everything you need to fight your uh, immune system. It helps your gut health, your nervous system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, which society has a weird view on. So if you want to stay pretty forever, uh, take AG1 and it costs less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Uh, it's probably like two cold brews, I think. Yeah, like two cold brews are like six bucks. So hey, that's do your thing. And you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance and it is backed by athletes and there's over 7,000 five-star reviews entrusted by leading health, health experts. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm that immune system of yours with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I am so excited for the PA right now. It can't possibly be worse. It cannot possibly be worse than it was under Don Fair. It it cannot possibly be worse, which is a golden opportunity. Right. So much, so many of the issues the PA has dealt with over the last couple of years, especially you think about it during them trying to figure out what they were going to do during the 2020 season with the bubble, was the players who make a lot of the money having an excise influence in the agenda for the PA, which Mm -hmm. understandably so. Those are the guys with the most influence because they're the most well-known, they're the most expensive expensive a lot of the problems the nhlpa had especially during the last bout because well, remember the the um the collective bargaining agreement was supposed to expire after 2020 what they gave it a one-year delay because the pandemic happened and they kept the same agreement it just so they could get that bubble playoffs in so the nhl could not lose all of the money they would have lost by not playing during that period but the problem at hand for the nhlpa is a lot of different people competing for a lot of different interests, as opposed to kind of what you see happen, especially during last year's baseball lockout, where even though the richest guys on the executive committee, like Max Scherzer, the highest paid player in all baseball last year, he was very vehemently like, this is a bad deal. Don't take this. You guys could get more. And the executive board, which is eight players, it was eight players in baseball, was outvoted by the labor force. All the players on all the teams vote outvoted them and said, we just got to take this deal. We need to get paid now we can't afford to not play the nhl needs a real i don't want to say like you're never going to class consciousness out of people in this tax bracket because they don't view themselves as labor they view themselves as rich people but they need to take more of a a worker's mentality in that we need to protect everybody in the union. It's not just about what me and like my 10 people in my circle of guys around the league want. It's not just, we need to raise the highest amount of money. Cause there is this NHL is the only sport with a hard cap on how much you can make. The NBA has that too, but the NBA is, is twice as much as the NHL. The, NA, the NBA Supermax is like $58 million a season. The NHL max, I believe is $18 million a season. Conor McDavid is worth more than $18 million a year, but because of artificial price controls set in by the owners to keep costs down so they can make more money, the players do not make as much money as they should. The TV deal does not make as much money as it should because the NHL does not grow enough because the NHL does not market its players enough. The NHLPA has a real opportunity here to educate its its members better about what being in a union means and what the benefits of active union membership are and really protect each other because that at the end of the day is the purpose of the union is to protect the players interests going forward they should get gary bettman on the record to be able to admit there is a link between concussions and cte that they need better after career quality of life assistance that they need access to better mental health tools that if something happens like what happened to Kyle Beach, they will be protected. That should have been Donald Fair instantly getting fired. That everybody in the union should have been, well, this guy clearly doesn't have our backs because somebody, granted, Kyle Beach was not a member, was not in the NHL. He was an AHL player at the time. He still knew and did be the bare minimum and did not follow up on it. That alone should have told you. This guy does not have our best interests at heart. This guy is worried about protecting the interests of a couple of people within our union, as opposed to all of us as a whole. 
Marty Walsh has a decorated background as a, in labor law. He was the Secretary of Labor. This is somebody who's coming at this from a left-of-center point of view who's probably going to be able to be a little more bullish and aggressive in what they want. It's just a matter of getting the players to buy in because at the end of the day, if you don't have an active union membership, if you don't have an engaged union membership, and when I say union membership, I mean the players as the collective. Not right. like It's not like a card. It's not like you have, you know... It, it's not exciting. Yeah, exactly. If you can get an engaged membership, you can get a lot more out of the union. Because right oh, now the NHL, the NHL is struggling here. They, they don't have the guaranteed money that baseball does. They don't make as much money as football does. Because like football contracts aren't guaranteed, but at least they make a lot more money in mm -hmm. the shorter contracts they get. They need a real all hands on deck. We need better for all of us because right now it's very fragmented. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, it's great that they're bringing in someone who has no connection to hockey. Correct. Like, like yeah, sure. He was mayor during the Bruins Stanley Cup run in 2019. Great. That's fantastic. Good for him. But when I think of like, a class conscious working you know working class kind of guy it's marty walsh i mean he's yeah. from dorchester which is like bl as blue collars you're probably gonna get in massachusetts at least in that that area in boston but like you he is highly educated he is someone who you know is very smart he is not going to just tell these players what they want to hear and he has the negotiation skills and i just i see this as a huge step forward for the for the union and as someone who works in the union setting with the phf it is so important to have an executive director that is willing to fight for you in any situation regardless if it's just like a simple question regarding a contract or like what what does this clause mean and you know breaking the legal jargon down because i mean we know some of these players can't read so <laughs> roman yossi has never read a book roman yeah. yossi has never read a book exactly but you know, like, it's so important. And then you need to have someone, that same person, looking out for the larger scale things, like your Olympic interest. You want to yeah. play in the Olympics? Then we need this to, we need this to happen. And we need just someone who is still in, like, I don't want to call them a neutral party because they're, they're not. They're clearly advocating for the players and going to bat for them. But it's just someone that, can just be that middleman and someone who's removed enough from the situation yeah. to understand that just because this is how it's always been, it doesn't have to be this way. You guys should to. be entitled to more. You guys should right. get more. You need to have access to thing to better mental health, like you said, Services, uh, yeah. resources, and you need to be able to come back to your team and not have you know, this kind of cloud looming over you and you can't be the black sheep in the room just because you went to the player assistance program. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are struggling with substance abuse. Something, it's a player assistance. Yeah. It doesn't, there's no, just because it's historically been for players with substance abuse problems, that doesn't mean that's why you're entering it. And, you know, it's so important 
to have someone that can go to bat for you and advocate for you and not be in the back pocket of the league and not have have to worry about their connections and like oh okay well you know if i if i piss this person off sorry i know we're not supposed to swear but if i upset this person my like this is at stake like my personal whatever is at stake and to be able to have a guy come in like you said that's far enough removed is what they need and it's it's time for the players union to take take control and tell these these millionaires what they want and get it yeah, no, it really is that simple, is just activating these people and recognizing, hey, man, you guys could be getting a lot more money and a lot better resources. All you got to do is speak up and advocate for yourselves. Right. All you got to do is advocate for yourselves. Throw in, throw in that extra money. Just yeah. say, oh, dangle that carrot. Oh, you want some extra money? Okay, come with me. Let's go. Yeah. But, you know, I hope that the player reps from every team are receptive to this and are really... It just they I hope that they want better for themselves and yeah. their teammates and can come in and say it you know it doesn't matter if they're making the most or the least on the team. Like people were upset that Kevin Rooney is uh a player rep. Okay. Again, another blue collar guy from Massachusetts, you know, whatever. He probably has that union background in some way, shape, or form. Oh my god, heaven forbid someone wants better. And they're not a star. They're not your top line guy. Just get over it. Doesn't matter. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, this is a pro-union podcast. Uh, always advocate for yourself, uh, regardless of your workplace um, or what you're advocating. I shouldn't say what you're advocating for. But as long as you're advocating for a better situation, I think that you are a very smart person and uh, people are going to try to quiet you down because, you know, they don't have to pay you as much if you stay quiet. And they discuss your wages with your coworkers right now. Ask all of them because that's legal and allowed. But thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us on our 501st episode of Locked on Flames. Nick, do you have anything else you'd like to add today? Uh, this is tough. This is the fun time of year. Now everybody just pretends we're on an episode of Gossip Girl and we're refreshing Twitter every five minutes for news on the what trades are going to happen. Yeah, no, there's a. Uh, I would honestly head on over and listen to Locked On Red Wings because there's some interesting stuff going on over there with Jacob Rana and uh, definitely probably going to have the PA involved. I would assume, but again, that is just some speculation on my end. And uh, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Flames Pod and on YouTube at Locked On Flames and wherever you get your podcasts and throw us a five-star rating. It'd be nice. Yeah. Nick, where can everyone find you? Um, on Twitter at Nick Zaris, Nick Z-A-R-A-R-I-S. My link tree is there. All my work is on my link tree. Yes, fantastic. And then you can follow me on Twitter if you want uh, at Just Belmosto. And I will see you guys tomorrow because I'm sure there will be some nonsense happening that we will just have to play Gossip Girl with.